Welcome to the Food for Your Soul podcast, where we apply the Word of God to the hearts of men and women to stoke the fires of your delight in Christ. Here's your host, Dr. D. Richard Ferguson. We're studying through the book of James, and we're in chapter 4, verse 6, which says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. God opposes, fights against the proud. What could possibly be worse than having Almighty God fighting against you? It's essential that we root out every vestige of pride in our hearts that we can find. But it's hard, because pride can wear so many different faces. There are just about as many different forms of pride as there are moments in the day. It's like a game of whack-a-mole. The moment you get a handle on pride in one area, it springs up in a different area in a completely different form. As you listen today, you'll hear a whole lot of different forms of pride. Don't try to keep it all in your head. Just ask God, show me if there's one or maybe two of those forms of pride in my life that need special attention. He presents us with the external problem, fights and quarrels, and then he traces that fruit back to the branches that are producing that fruit. Those branches are hostile desires. Then, James traces that back one step deeper and shows us the tree, the bad tree, that's producing these bad branches. He says, what causes fights and quarrels? Don't they come from desires? And then he says, you adulteresses, don't you know that friendship with the world is hatred towards God? So, the tree is worldliness. Friendship with the world. That's the tree that's producing the bad branches of hostile desires, and those hostile desires are producing the fruit of fights and quarrels. So he's digging deep, but James isn't even content there. He's going to take it down another level. He takes us down one more and shows us the soil that produces this bad tree. And this is really the core of the problem. You have the soil of pride, And out of that soil will grow the tree of worldliness, and that produces the branches of hostile desires, and those hostile desires generate the fruit of conflicts in our relationships. And at first it might be a little counterintuitive, because you think, well, how is worldliness caused by pride? I don't even see the connection. I mean, there is a connection, and the connection is not unique to James. Remember John, when he described worldliness in 1 John 2.16, he said part of worldliness is the pride of life. So there's, there's a connection, worldliness and pride. But what is the connection? Well, if we can think back to last week, remember there's two parts to worldliness, right? Think, adopting their way of thinking and treasuring their, uh, their stuff, getting your happiness from their treasures. So what's the connection between those two things and pride? How does pride cause those two things? Well, adopting the, this world's way of thinking is prideful because it elevates human reasoning and human thinking above God's word. That's what it does. Anytime you elevate your own logic and what seems right to you above God's word, that's the epitome of pride. Anytime you realize, you say, I realize the Bible says this. I just can't accept that because, because here's what I think is right and here's what makes sense to me. And that's the, that's the epitome of arrogance and unchecked pride. That's what's going on with the whole, um, church after church now embracing, uh, homosexuality and saying, well, it's okay. What they're saying is, I, you know, I just can't, I just can't accept that. I can't see what's wrong with this. And, and, and they're putting their own opinions above God. It's the epitome of pride. Do you know better than God? Somebody says, it doesn't make sense to me why consenting adults, same sex, can't get married and they're, they, they're in love and it's, it's happy, it's good and, it doesn't make sense. 
This thing that the Bible is saying here, it's it's not quite right. So God says one thing and your sensibilities and opinions say the opposite. You're going you're gonna to go with your ideas over God's? I mean, really? You're going to put your, your mind against the mind of the Creator? How long have you been alive? Of all the information that exists in the universe, what percentage of it is in your head? 100% is in God's mind. And you know better than Him? So, is it prideful to adopt worldly attitudes and and mindsets and ways of thinking? Yes, that's prideful. And what about the other part of worldliness, that that loving earthly treasures, getting your happiness from earthly treasures? How's that connected to the pride? Well, a couple of ways, a couple of ways. First, that's prideful because it puts my preferences and desires of my flesh as the supreme priority above what God says. God says trials and suffering are good for you, Daryl. He says the the trials and and the hardships in your life that I bring are carefully designed with my perfect purposes to bring about my eternal uh, uh, goals. And and, and I say, my feeling good uh, right now and being comfortable is more important than all of that, God. That's pride. That's pride. Anytime I'm wearing the, the my comfort is more important than God's purposes badge, that is monumental Pride. Secondly, getting my happiness from this world is an act of pride because it puts me in control. See, I can be in charge of of when I get what I want to some degree if I'm getting it from the world. I can manipulate earthly things. If I feel depressed or empty or sad and, and I decide to make myself feel better through food... I can just go to the refrigerator whenever I please. I can drive through the drive-thru. I can get, I can turn the TV on whenever I please. I can, I can play a round of golf or I can turn on my music or I can exercise or play a video game when I decide. I don't have to wait for God's timing. I don't have to seek Him in prayer and wait until He decides the time is right. I can just act. I don't have to say, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. I don't have to say that in my prayers. I can say, my will be done. If I'm craving satisfaction, I can just act and get it. If I decide to medicate my emptiness of my soul through family or friends or music or pornography or pot or, or whatever, a couple glasses of wine or shopping or gambling, those things, they're within my control. I can go out and I can do those things. But God, dealing with Him requires total humility. He calls the shots. I call none of them. He calls all of them. He does absolutely whatever he pleases on his schedule. And I have to submit to that. I am 100% at his mercy. I have zero control over him. He promises to satisfy our souls. He does. He promises to do it. But in his timing, his way, and on his terms. Why would... Why would our ridiculous, insane souls look at the infinite treasures that he promises us on the one hand and look at the dung heap of this world on the other hand and say, "Uh, I think I'll try and satisfy my desires through the dung heap. What kind of insanity would do that? Why do we do that? We do it because in the dung heap, I get to pretend I'm king of the heap. At least I'm in charge. And pride would rather have a dung heap that it can control than eternal delights that it has to trust God for. Pride 
isn't just one in a list of sins. It's the DNA of all sin. Every sin rebels against the will of God. Every time we sin, we're essentially saying, God, my plan is better than yours. My desires are more important than yours. My comfort is more important than your glory. All of that is the essence of pride. So all sin grows up out of the soil of pride. The sins of coveting and stealing, that's just pride. Saying, my pleasures are more important than your pleasures. That's what... Uh, that's what coveting is. Sins of anger and hostility, that's just pride. Saying, my desires have to be fulfilled. Sins of gluttony or immorality, that's just pride. Saying, my appetites are more important than God's way. Lying and, and dishonesty, that's pride. Saying, the outcome I want here is, is more important than truth. Every sin we commit, it's rooted in pride. Any kind of unfaithfulness to God is prideful because it places my will above God's will. When he says adulteresses, your friendship with the world, you're being friends with my enemy, think of the arrogance of siding with the world against God and joining our hearts to, with, with those who's, who, who, who live as though God doesn't even exist. He's the almighty creator of the universe. He speaks galaxies into existence. He will judge the living and the dead. He is over all, in all, and through all. All things exist for his pleasure and his glory. And his will is the measure of all goodness. It's the standard of everything that's right. He is awesome. And what am I? I'm a creature. I'm a speck of dust on a speck of dust. I would instantly go out of existence if God stopped sustaining me for one second. Who am I to resist him and his will? Who am I to stand up and say, my desire is really important here. My will is important right now. What indescribable arrogance and pride does it take for a created being like me to say, ever say, I know God said to do that, but I'm going to do this. Such pride. Pride is its such a hard sin to deal with because it short-circuits your ability to acknowledge that it exists. Right? It's, it blinds you to itself. It's, if you go up to a drunk and tell him that his, sin, his, his behavior is sinful, he'll probably hang his head and say, yeah, I know, i got to change. But you tell a proud man that his behavior is sinful, he'll probably point out ten things wrong with you. Pride has this strange characteristic that it can't see itself in the mirror. Pride looks in the mirror and sees greatness. It looks in the mirror and it sees wisdom, it sees beauty. Sometimes it looks in there and sees humility. One thing it never sees is itself. Pride will blind you. And it'll put your conscience to sleep and and, and it'll awaken a hundred different sins in your life. I think pride is probably the sin that, that, that has the the widest variety of symptoms. There's so many different kinds of ways that pride manifests. It's the soil, and these weeds just pop up all over. I'll give you a sampling of some of these symptoms of pride, and you could have like one or two of these and not the other 98, you know, and it's still the same pride. We've seen a lot of symptoms already in James. Anger, irritability, hostility, fights and quarrels, um, Proud people are they're always in a conflict, always getting offended or irritated. He mentions bitter envy. Pride envies because, um, because love does not envy and pride is the opposite of love. Love rejoices with those who rejoice. Pride is bitter and envious towards those who rejoice because, because it wishes it had what they had. 
Another symptom uh, from back in chapter 3, prideful speech, talking too much, wanting to be the center of attention. You, you find yourself throwing in your two cents more often than everyone else does because it's just so important that people hear what you have to say. Another, another symptom of pride is belittling others. That springs up out of the soil. Look again at verse 6. He says, God opposes the proud, gives grace to the humble. I told you that's, that's from Proverbs 3.34. A word for word quotation of Proverbs 3.34 is this. He mocks, God mocks the proud mockers, but gives grace to the humble. James just shortens it to the proud, but, but here they're called mockers. See, pride, proud, uh, proud people, they t- they're often known for their sarcasm. This is a symptom. Even if their sarcasm is just joking around and everyone knows they're not serious, they're joking, still, it's always in the direction of a put-down. And they're just good at that. They're experts in thinking of clever put-downs, but their skill at building people up is a lot smaller. And in many cases, they're not joking. The proud people are very good at finding what's wrong with everyone and everything around them. They're always pointing it out. You can tell them the government. I mean, they'll, they'll talk to you. They'll, t- they'll, they'll tell you this is wrong with the government. This is what's wrong with the, the, the state. This is, what's, this is what the church is doing wrong. This is what you're doing wrong. This is what everybody's doing wrong. And they find fault and they mock. And, and, if, and if you're not around, they just gossip about you. Proverbs 101.5 says, connects gossip and pride. Some other symptoms of pride, lack of compassion, and by the way, I would just urge you to, don't try and write all this down, just, I would just, you get the list here, just, just see if you can pick one or two out that maybe, maybe need to be dealt with in your life. Lack of compassion, First Peter 3, 8, people-pleasing, um, thin skin, can't handle criticism, blame-shifting, always making excuses, pride, it's, always, it's, it's man, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, I did that, but, and then a big excuse. It's easier for a camel to go through an eye of a needle than for a proud person to ever just say, I was wrong, please forgive me, and leave it at that. Dishonesty, Proverbs 31, 18 says that's a pride problem. Being unteachable, Proverbs 13. Being wise in their own eyes, Proverbs 26, 12. Lack of a servant's heart, they won't serve, they want to be served. Greed, attention-getting tactics, that's a million different kinds of those. So what is humility? Well, humility is the opposite of all that. Humility looks at others and says, they're more important than me. Philippians 2.3, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. More important. In a conflict... You, you think about compassion for the other person. You're thinking more about what is it like to be in that person's shoes right now. You're thinking more about that than you're thinking about winning. If you're humble. When they talk to draw attention uh, uh, to themselves, you, you're, you're fine with that because you, you, you care about them. When you talk, you draw attention to others. You draw attention to God, not to yourself. Uh, humble people are givers. They're not greedy. They promote unity rather than discord. They're honest and and easy to get along with. They accept correction. They confess their sins without excuses. They're teachable by anyone. And if they come out looking silly or they don't get the credit that they deserve or they, they, they end up with blame that they don't deserve, it's not a big issue for them. Small price to pay for peace. Were you able to pinpoint any possible fruits of pride in your life? If so, confess them to God right now and seek forgiveness. 
talk to God for a bit about what steps you might be able to take to learn humility in that area where a form of pride has cropped up. Thank you for listening. If you found today's episode edifying, why not share it with a friend? This season of the Food for Your Soul podcast features excerpts from our sermon series on the book of James. 50 expository sermons covering every verse. You can find those and hundreds of other sermons for free download on drichardferguson.com. And if you like listening on your phone, get our free mobile app. Install the Church One app from the Play Store and select Food for Your Soul. Until next time, rejoice in the Lord always and set your mind on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God.